This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Jane, joined by my co-host, Dane. Dane, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. This uh, is this, this, this a surprise tonight. We've sort of been put in the deep end, but we're going to go with the flow and be uh, ultra professional. Yes, no, it was a shock that I was hosting tonight. I didn't expect it. So now it's a bit like, oh, I've actually got to do some work. <laughs> Um, we've got a very special guest for this one, last seen on the stage for FC Barcelona Innovation Hub Conference, Mia Eriksson. Mia, welcome back. Thank you very much. I, I'm, I'm also quite, you know, shocked about this, this, this uh, yeah, at the beginning of, of this podcast, but we'll be fine. It, it will yeah. be good. It shocked Great. us all. Dean's definitely planned yeah. it to get his way out of it. Just yeah. remember a couple of weeks ago, hashtag just blame Dean. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just we'll blame Dean. <laughs> so let's talk about that event. For the listeners not aware, you recently completed a full football analysis course run by the FA Barcelona Innovation Hub. And then they hosted an event over the past few days. And they didn't just invite you along, but they asked you to be a panellist as well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, so I'm... I'm quite, uh, I'm very tired tonight, I can say. It was very intense, 48 hours in Barcelona. Like, and, and I was like, when I, when I actually got there to Camp Nou, I, I was like, oh, oh my God, what have I, have I gotten myself into? And I was sweating and, and started to become really nervous because I was in the same room as, as uh, Barcelona players. Uh, AKA Champions League winners. I know we don't want to talk about this here, but, <laughs> no. but it was, yeah, it, 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 it was a great event. They, they, 
uh, every year in November they host a sports congress. And this year uh, it was about women's sports and, and football, uh, mainly football, obviously. But uh, so they had uh, many Barcelona players. I was listening to Mariana Caldente and Marta Torrejon and then Caroline Graham Hansen uh, as well. So it was, uh, but yeah, very interesting. They talked a lot about how they work with their women's team uh, and that part of the club. Uh, something I've, I found uh, really interesting was the fact that they said, like, the time to invest in women's football was yesterday. Um, and, and they also talked about players like Ingrid Engen and Fridolina Rolfe. If, if they had signed with Barcelona like two years ago, it would have been just for the club uh, and the name of the club. Uh, now they sign because they want to play the football Barcelona plays. Uh, so they have a clear strategy how they, how they want to work. And I, I mean, you, you can't be anything else than impressed. It would be stupid, stupid of me to say anything else. So, yeah. It sounds would... like you had a lovely time and you're definitely the p perfect person for something like that. And I, I couldn't do anything like that. I don't know about you, Dane, but I would have been clueless. And me, you are the perfect person for a job like that. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh, I, I felt so relieved when it was all over. <laughs> but, but of course, it was, a, it was a brilliant event. And, you know, the networking part uh, of, of it all was, was the, probably the best. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was, it was great. And I, I, I was almost a Barcelona fan when I walked out from there <laughs> because they gave me a Barcelona, Barcelona shirt with my name on it that they had printed uh, for, just for me. So, of course, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, I'm still a Chelsea fan, but it was... It was, it was a great event. You can be a Barcelona fan when you're working for Barcelona, but other than that, you've got to stick with Chelsea. Yeah, I promise. I promise. I promise. Well, I suppose we should crack on because we've got a lot to get through tonight, starting with last weekend's 1-0 win away at Aston Villa. A heavily rotated side, wasn't it, Dane? Yeah, it was heavily rotated, but not a surprise to me. I remember the team predictions and I think I got 10 out of the 11 players but I had Kirby starting and Cuthbert at right wing back but obviously Neve Charles started and, and Kirby was on the bench again I you know I trust the Emma Hayes process I've said many a times although you can only obviously pick 11 we have a squad full of first teamers you know probably 18 19 off my head who, who are more than capable of playing in that first 11 and now you add the returning Maren Milder and Lauren James to that. It's an amazing wealth of talent at Emma Hayes' disposal. Uh, but, you know, obviously going back to that team, Chelsea started with a familiar back line, Berger in goal, Bright, Nguyen and Eriksen in defence. Charles G, Ingle and Anderson as the midfield four with Jesse Fleming, Aaron Cuthbert and Bethany England leading the line. Emma Hayes used four out of five substitutions, bringing on Jess Carter for an injured Anik Nguyen at half time. Frank Kirby and Sam Kerr uh, for Cuthbert in England on, on about the sixth six minute. And finally, many loopholes for Jesse Fleming with about eight minutes, ten minutes to go. This left Musevich, Carly Telford, Guru Wright and Drew Spence and Fox as our new substitutes. 
Thanks, Dane. Mia, what did you think of that lineup? Did it take you by surprise at all? Uh, no, it, it didn't. I, I, I'm like what Dane just said. That I mean, it, it's a team full of first lineup players. So you, you can't be surprised um, by any lineup Emma Hayes will bring. Uh, I think it was brilliant to see Jesse Fleming perhaps playing a little bit more up front. Was very happy to see that. And obviously it paid off later on in the game. So <laughs> it was Yeah, good. I've not watched much of the game. I was shocked. Well, I've not watched. The only bit I've seen of the game is uh, Jesse's goal due to me working. But I was shocked that Musovic didn't start and Berger was in goal. But then obviously it made sense Tuesday why that was the reason why she played. Um, Chelsea had a nervy last 10 minutes, but the stats showcase Chelsea's overall like dominance. So Chelsea had 75% possession, 16 shots, five on target, three corners and 12 fouls compared to Villa's 25% possession, three shots, none on target, five corner and five fouls. Mia, only five shots on target. That kind of tells us the story of this game, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think I've been thinking about this a lot uh, lately because I, I watched... Um, Arsenal played West Ham as well, and then I watched the Champions League games uh, as well this week. And, and I think Chelsea have uh, had problems with breaking down low blocks and, and uh, compact defence before. Uh, so I, I think that pretty much tells the story uh, of it too. So... Dane, one of those shots was the goal by Jesse Fleming. It was a great piece of movement, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, early on in the game, I thought G's radar was a little bit off, but then she started to find her teammates and her way in the game, and especially with this move to Fleming. You know, it was a peach of a chip over, over the top of the defence, you know, an outstanding pass, which Jesse Fleming took down and finished with such ease. I had to give her a second look because that could have easily have been, you know, Kerr, Harder a Kirby, you know, or England finishing that. It was a finish of a striker, you know, or a regular scorer. It was a great finish, great bring down, great touch and a, a beautiful little finish. Yeah, it did look like a good goal. And I am glad Jesse is starting to be able to get goals now. Obviously, last season, we all hoped, well, especially Dean was just waiting for Jesse's first goal. And obviously, she got that against United. And I feel like that's like the starting point for her as the season goes on. She is going to be able to get more goals as she's got the skills and the ability to get them. Now, if you were on our Patreon, you would have seen the five things we learned from the game piece that I wrote, or that Dean wrote, sorry. And if you're not on Patreon, you really are missing out. Mia, another thing I noted was the wing-backs not really overlapping, and we normally see Cuthbert and Wrighton getting balls into the box. Do you think that was instructed or just the type of players Charles and Anderson are? Yeah, I think, I mean, both uh, Charles and, and Jonna is, I mean, I think everyone knows, in that team, everyone knows how, how they are going to play this season. I mean, they have a clear tactic, they have a clear, obviously a clear formation by now. So I don't think, I mean, it's always a, a balance between what's instructed and, and what's coming from play, the player's own creativity. So, I mean, I just think that from looking at, at this, I think Aston Villa and, and 
Carla Ward, they had done their homework, uh, which I think no one is surprised uh, to see as well. So it's, it's hard to tell. Yeah, what I did hear of the game, my mom went to the game and she was saying like, Villa actually played quite well. I think it might have helped when we played that friendly against them, they sort of got an idea of what they should expect of Chelsea this season. And by the sound of it, they didn't really give up at all. They kept pushing and they kept trying, which is a positive thing because you, you think you're coming out to play a team like Chelsea. Most, not all teams, but some teams, if they lose, if they've the other teams conceded a goal, they sit back and think, right, let's just try and keep it at 1-0. But Villa did try and just keep going to sort of either try and get an equaliser or just hold us out for that 90 minutes. Dane, I was shocked by only 715 in the attendance. It seems very low. Is that a big, it's a big challenge for the women's game at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, we, we sort of talked talk to, you know, the guy who was on the, the previous show for Villa and, and obviously he mentioned that even when they played at, at the, uh, the men's stadium that, you know, the attendance was, I think, by 800 and it's something that, you know, I questioned and and having some some knowledge of, of Perslow, who, who, who's, who's, I think he's the chief executive of the, of the men's team, but obviously he's helping with, with, with the women's side as well, if he will be able to, you know, put some input in and, and it's all about the community. Do you know what I mean? At, at the beginning, if you can offer so many free tickets or, or half price to get the people in, you know, to start falling in love with the, of the women's game and that team. And, you know, as you, as you, as you both said, you made some really good points, you know, they've got, a, it looks like they've got quite a good manager in Carla, you know, a tactical, very chess wise. And hopefully she gets the support because, you know, the game is growing, but we need it to carry on growing. We just can't get uh, complacent because Sky Sports has, uh, has, has, has got a hefty chunk of the rights and all the games. You know, we still need to go out. We still need to buy tickets and we still need to obviously support and watch live. Yeah, I think Sky is sort of coming to a, a lot. If the game's on Sky, people think, well, if they can watch it on the telly, like they don't have to leave their house, especially coming up to winter. Who's going to want to stand in the cold? Me, the crazy football fan, I will stand in the cold with my hot water bottle. <laughs> stand there with my hot water bottle, my hats and gloves. But some people think if it's on the telly, they're like, oh, what's the point of going? I might as well just sit and watch it on the telly. But I do think hopefully this weekend, obviously it's Women's Football Weekend because obviously the men's are on international. And I'm hoping these games this weekend do have a high attendance just to show that women's football does mean something. So our good friends in Discord chose our player of the match for this game. They chose G. Uh, Dane, do you think she deserved it as you watched the game? Uh, I like I like G. She's a forward-thinking, you know, attacking player. She's always looking for that pass. I, you know, I, I know I said a little while ago her radar was off, but I haven't got a problem with that. If you're always looking for that attacking ball, you know, you can make ten attacking passes and they're always not uh, going to come off. But you can make ten sideways, five, ten-yard passes, and they are going to come to your player. And that player will have a hundred percent pass completion compared to G who was actually trying to you know tr trying to put a stamp on the game and, and go attacking I thought Cuthbert had a had a very very good game uh again I always thought Neve Charles as well uh defensively was was very good uh you know it's a, again it, she's another one in the team learning a new position uh and you know YouTube made really good points about uh you know how, how Carla sets up and and you Jane when obviously 
they they had a good look at us in pre-season and uh it was only one nil then and that's probably they went in probably the same game plan it was very chess very tactical for you know for the eye to watch and interesting and while it was only one nil you know villa was still in it that's why they they they, they really tried to put the pressure on for the last 10 minutes having completely gone off uh aroused to what the original question was <laughs> i i yeah i'd say g but you know, just to mix it up a bit, even though that's a bit unfair on Cuthbert, because I think she's been, you know, she's been probably our standout player for, you know, a good four, five, six games in a row. That is fair enough. I can't give you who I would choose. I'd probably just say Jessie because she scored the goal. Mia, did you have a player of the match at all? Uh, no, I'm I'm with uh, you on that one. We'll just <laughs> say Jessie because she scored. Yeah, because... So somehow I feel like Jesse Fleming will always be my player of the match if she just aims and shoots and, and probably even more if she scores a goal because I, I just love her for some reason. I think she's, I mean, obviously she, she continued her good streak in Switzerland as well. So, yeah, I'll say her. Did you I, I, say something? Yeah, I just obviously by watching the game, obviously, you know, I just thought I thought Villa was set up quite well. You know, I thought, you know, we always looked fairly comfortable. I thought Lehman, who was the lone striker for, for Villa, made, you know, was really unselfish running uh, all game, you know, left, right through the centrum, caused some problems to our back three. But overall, we dealt with it because we'd come away from a clean sheet. I thought we should have had a penalty on Fleming. I think just for half time, I thought... You know, that, that could have been given, you know. As I said, Villa was organised and structured for 80 minutes of the game. But, you know, at 1-0, they thought we might as well go for it. Uh, we defended well, you know, we stayed organised, disciplined. I thought Berger again, you know, it's so easy to, you know, just to think, oh, it's her job. But she didn't have a lot to do. But her handling ability in the box for coming for crosses was, again, you know, was, again, superb. As I said, she didn't have a lot of saves to do, but still... Be concentrated in the last minutes and last seconds and come for the ball. Uh, and you know, I thought, yeah, again, Neve Charles. I thought she was that Pacheco, Pacheco. Uh, uh, sorry if I pronounced Maz it. Pacheco. Yeah, of that's you know, how that's Villa, what I call her. I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, yes. the Villa left back. She's quite dangerous, and I thought Neve Neve did a you know quite a good job on her. And as I said, and a special mention to that defence. You know, Bright, Nguyen, Van Carter, Eriksson, Anson, Ingle, who all defended well. It was like a chess game and. You know, Chelsea came out on top in the end. Okay, we're going to go for a quick break. Break. We'll be back with our review of the Champions League clash against the Vets. So join us after this break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back to Went Smoking's Meadow. Now time to review our Champions League clash with Savet, which took place this past Tuesday on the 9th of November. Uh, there was a couple of changes to the team this game round. Uh, Emma selected Zakira Musovic in goal. A back three of Bright, Carter, Eriksson, Cuthbert, Spence, Leopold's Wrighton made up the midfield with Fleming, Kirby and Kerr up front. 
Emma used all of her available subs, bringing on Neve Childs, Yona Anderson and Georgia Fox for Ericsson, Cuthbert and Wrighton in the 57th minute. In the 66th minute, Bethany England and Maramia joined action in place of Carter and Kerr. That left Berger, Telford, Ingle, G, James and James as the unused sub. Another game for Musevic Mia and another game where she really doesn't do anything at all. When are we going to see her in a proper match? Yeah, I think it's it's time for that soon. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we can't know how Emma is thinking about this goalkeeping situation. Uh, but I do think that getting to know, I mean, a backline where just getting into the passing game and, and stuff like that, I think it could can be useful for games like these. And I think it's just a feeling of her getting on the pitch to play a Champions League game for Chelsea um, is also going to add to her experience uh, with this team and, and to play for this club. Uh, but I was like you, kind of surprised that she didn't um, get to play uh, versus Villa. Um, but I mean, obviously Emma, Emma must have a plan with, with this. So I guess we're going to have to trust her on this one. Um, yeah, I was shocked. I thought she was going to play but uh, Musevic for Villa and then Berger for the Champions League game. Yeah. I think that was Zakira's, I think, fourth appearance and fourth clean sheet. So she's doing well with her Chelsea career. She's not actually had to do <laughs> yeah. much at all. No. <laughs> but hopefully, as I can't even think, maybe Birmingham the Birmingham game in a couple of weeks, Emma might start her just to sort of give her something to do a little bit. Dane thoughts I mean, when the lineup dropped, Spence in, but so, but Spence was in. Sorry, Dean's script doesn't make sense. So, what was your thoughts on the lineup? <laughs> yeah, you know, similar to what Mia said, you know, it's a game you can get away with resting a few players, but still you have to be respectful and put in enough big guns to make sure you, you know, you do what you came to do and, and get the points. I think Fleming deserved to start again, you know, good game to rest the hard work in Ingle after a tiring but strong performance against Villa. Uh, you know, Drew Spence is a very good player to have in your squad. You know, she came in, Jess Carter got another chance to learn, you know, this new position she, she's been asked to do in the back three. You know, and I haven't seen anything yet of Musevic. You know, that makes me worry about her potentially being number one. Maybe Mia can correct me. You know, she looks composed and comfortable in goal. Although it was, you know, as we, as you both said, it was a good game for her to come into uh, the team for. Dane, given the golfing quality between the two sides, we accepted Chelsea to dominate, but the, the stats bear that out, don't they? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, what I saw of the game, you know, I think Servet, you had a fairly good last 20 minutes, you know, more of the ball, but maybe we took our foot off the pedal. You know, it was a tough game for them because, you know, from the second minute, we were so ruthless, you know, it was a big pitch. We took advantage of all that space, you know, and they were, poor Servet was chasing shadows for for long spells of that game and got a real footballing lesson, you know, Chelsea had 69% possession, 21 shots, 12 of them were on target. We had six corners, uh, seven fouls to two as well. Savet had 31% possession, like you said, five shots, none on target, two corners and four fouls. Mia, it surprised me that Savet had 31% possession because it felt like it was all Chelsea throughout the game. Did you have a similar feeling like that? 
yeah i was kind of shocked now when you when you guys said that because yeah it, it felt like sort of I just had to chase and chase and defend which they practically didn't do uh, anyway but i i do think that we have to i mean you have to be take into consideration that Servet, they're not a fully professional team where they train in the evenings and I mean it, it was different it was a difference in class um, among the players you, you could really see that and and I don't know if you guys watched uh, the them play Wolfsburg um, in the Champions League a couple of weeks uh, one month ago or something I mean, it was pretty obvious that this, this game was going to be hard for them. But I really love their fans uh, in the stands because, I mean, got to give them so something for that because it was, I mean, it's brilliant to watch these games with, with the audiences in the stadiums. You can really feel it's the Champions League, although Chelsea did trash them this time around. Yeah, I was going to talk about that next, actually, the atmosphere in the stadium. I think there was, was there about 12,000, I think I read. And although they were losing, I know there was one, there was a Chelsea fan or three Chelsea fans from the Chelsea supporters group that flew out there. So I know there was a few Chelsea fans there, but majority of them was Savet fans. I know Savet gave a lot of their tickets away, but just they didn't like, they just kept going throughout the whole game. Although they were losing 7-0, they just didn't give up. And it just gives a nice atmosphere for the players as well, just to not play in silence, because that's what they're used to. For this last year, they've played with no fans and played in utter silence. Oh, I've lost where I was now, sorry. <laughs> Mia, it was great to see Fleming still involved and more importantly, con contributing a great deal to our attack. Fleming did have a good game on Tuesday, didn't she? Yeah, I mean... I think I tweeted something like it's always great to see Frank Kirby and Sam Kerr play ball but I mean for some reason I was enjoying Melanie Lopez and Jesse Fleming's goals a lot more this time because they were real crackers and bangers and just like they, they shot the ball <laughs> um, I mean it, it, it's different from watching Chelsea play a lot of of the other times we can we have seen it because they really they, they are sometimes you think they aim to to play the ball all the way into the back of the net uh, but I mean when when Jesse Fleming took that shot from that angle uh, she meant serious business <laughs> like yeah. I'm gonna shoot and shoot she did <laughs> She was not giving up. I saw, I've i seen all the goals back. I've not actually watched the full game, but I've just felt like if she keeps running, this ball's going to go out of play. Yeah. But she managed to just sort of cross it in and manage to get a goal. I think that goal, that type of goal, is the type of goal that can decide the outcome of a game. Like when you just run and run, like you say, oh no, she's going to go... Uh, across the line if she keeps on running but then she just shoots and and it's the way we've seen a couple of the goals that Penilla Harder has been scoring uh, when when the game needs something like that. Now obviously Chelsea was already winning this game but I mean she is 
I mean, I, I think she's um, about to find her form uh, as well. So she could be crucial for, for Chelsea in, in hard games if she keeps on doing that. Yeah, definitely. I think over these next couple of weeks, it's annoying that we've got an international break in two weeks. But I think come Christmas and in the new year, we're going to see a sort of new Jessie to what we've seen last season because I really think she is coming through really well. But she's finally getting like the sort of game time she deserves. Dane, I think it's really hard to analyse such a one-sided game, 6-0 at half-time, 7-0 at full-time. You'd say it was pretty a pretty perfect evening for, che- for Chelsea. But the cherry on top was the return of Marin Mielder, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, it, it was. It was, uh, you know, it's, I've, I've never hidden from the fact, you know, I, I'm a big fan of hers. You know, she's a wonderful player. Uh, I know there's a question coming on. She came on in the middle of the park, didn't she? And I, I know Dean's putting a script. Is that where we expect her to play? I don't know if we, uh, we're we Yeah, that was that. the question I was going to ask you after. I'll ask you now. She came in sort of the middle centre-back. Do you think that could be a clue where Emma sees her fitting her into this team now? Uh, possibly. Uh, probably going to sit on the fence. It's a hard one to call, you know. Again, you know, she's a favourite of mine a footballer, you know, it's an old cliche saying a footballer's footballer. You know, she can play in numerous defensive positions in midfield. You know, she's a captain as well. And just because uh, someone else will have the armband on, you still need leaders in that team as well. And she is definitely a leader. You know, you always need more than one leader. You know, she's just someone who inspires. Uh, in this case, though, I think it's just about getting you know, minutes under her belt and, and in the tank. And it was, a, it was, I wouldn't read too much of to her coming into midfield. I think it was just an easy game to come into with all respect to Savette. And it, she got a good half an hour out of it, which I'm, I'm pleased for. And it seemed that everyone's pleased for. And even though I wouldn't be against her playing in midfield, I just think in this case, it was just, you know, it was just easing her into this team. It was a good game to come into what 6-0 up at the time. Possibly was it was it would have gone seven nil up and uh, yeah you know get her feet in the fans as well everything that she has an experience for, for for quite a number of months you know being with the first eleven it was yeah it was it was great to see her and yeah I've got nothing but praise for her I've always had praise for her and it's hopefully you know a couple more minutes here and there and she'll be fighting for that to get in the first team first eleven it was lovely to see her back although I did think maybe Emma would have waited till the either the home game or next Thursday or Sunday's game to start or to bring Marin on just because of the welcome she would have got from them home fans from being away for so long but she got the players gave her a good like welcome onto the pitch when she came on and hopefully when she plays at home we'll be able to give her the same like welcome back just because she deserves it after being out for so long. Mia, Juventus equalised in the final moments against Wolfsburg, meaning that we are now two points clear at the top of the table. How important is finishing top of our group going to be? Very important, I would say. Uh, Just because the state of mentality it would give um, with the way Chelsea have. Because I just, I remember I was thinking about something, actually Jonas Edeval was saying about... um, Football, to win games, you can't concede uh, easy goals. It starts with that. Winning, winning things, titles and, and all of that will be about it, the start of not conceding easy goals. And both Wolfsburg and 
and Chelsea did that when they played each other. Uh, and, and we also saw Chelsea conceding quite easy goals versus Arsenal as well in, at the beginning of the season. So I think it will be extremely important to finish top of the group. Yeah, I think Juventus definitely did help us with getting that equaliser. But I was quite shocked when I was sort of watched the goal back that Wolfsburg didn't manage to sort of clear it out of the box. I thought their defence in the final few minutes wasn't the best. It was sort of a bit like all over the place. And then Juventus managed to just have the ball at the right place and managed to score the goal. But I'm not complaining because it's helped us out massively. <laughs> and hopefully when we play Wolfsburg, we'll be able to beat them and then finish top. We I didn't think- ask... Sorry, yeah, I think uh, Wolfsburg, that's what they have been doing in, in the Frauen Bundesliga as well. So it was no surprise uh, to see that happen. But yeah, I think it was pretty awful defending um, from them. So let's hope they continue with that when they play Chelsea. <laughs> it will be very handy. So we didn't ask for player of the match for this one because the game belonged to Mara Mayolda. We are beyond happy to see her back in the team and hopefully we'll get to see her again Sunday against City. So that's enough for that game. Join us after this break when we'll be looking ahead to our return to the Academy Stadium, this time to take on Manchester City in the league. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to the third and final part of this week's Went Smoking's Meadow episode. Now time to look ahead to our league fixture against Manchester City. Mia, we can't afford to drop any points in this pursuit 
of Arsenal, but should we come away with the win? We've then played Arsenal United City away from home. How vital could this be in the title race? Yeah, it's completely vital, I would say. Because from what we have seen so far, I think I think uh, it's Manchester City that would probably be able to get those three points back from Arsenal uh, for Chelsea's. Um, I mean, if we, if we could count them for Chelsea, uh, even though Manchester City's spot in the table right now might not tell the whole truth about how that game will play out. Uh, but I do think that, yeah, it's only wins from now on if you if you're gonna want to be beat Arsenal for the top spot. Yeah, definitely. With the way Arsenal's sort of playing, if we want to win this, we've got to win up them all. Beat Arsenal when they come to us. And hopefully City and United and whatever team in the league wants to beat them. I'm hoping the likes of like Tottenham or a lower down team beat them just to sort of be on our side. Dane, it was a pretty safe, straightforward game in the FA Cup. Our first win away at City in 90 minutes in six years. Are you expecting things to be like London's buses and two buses come along at once? Yeah, yes, I am. Uh, I am expecting us to win. Uh, it, it, sometimes you get a Champions League hangover and the game can sort of drift away. You know, Man City have had the whole week, haven't they? They haven't a whole week of training. They haven't played in. They, there's no games in midweek for them. So, you know, they, they'll be more fresher. They'll have obviously in the back of their mind and no doubt the coach will, will, will be putting reminding them of of, of the, the the loss to us a, a couple of weeks ago but you know as as you as, as Mia said you know you've got to win these games so Chelsea have got to go into this should be full of confidence the way we've been playing recently after a, a professional but you know very convincing win in midweek uh you know be weary of of, of certain threats that Man City can bring but at the same time you you've got to go in you've got to go for the win because Arsenal don't seem like they're you know they're they're letting off anytime soon yeah we definitely have got to go in for the win although I do think sort of City are going to be back for revenge after beating them in the FA Cup but I'm do hoping from now on we win every game we go to at the Academy Stadium Mia, the big thing from that cup game was Lauren Hemp being City's most dangerous player she got the better of Jess Carter on several occasions do you think it'll be it will be Erin Cuthbert given the task of stopping her this game? Yeah, I mean, I think from what we saw from this City game uh, in the cup, I I don't think it's gonna be the same City on Sunday. Uh, I mean, it's like Emma Hayes said herself that Lauren Hemp will always be City's most dangerous player. We all know that. Uh, it's just just about to try and stop her as much as possible, um, and I do think that from watching, I mean, they are gonna have to come up with something to win this game on Sunday, Manchester City. They are in a state right now that that you can really see that. I mean, watching the last game, I think it was a feeling of it was just Lauren Hemp that tried. Uh, and I think we're going to see a completely different Manchester City side walking out on that pitch on Sunday. Um, so 
I mean, it's going to be interesting in so many ways because I think if Manchester City will lose this game clear, uh, is Gareth Taylor still going to be Manchester City's head coach on Monday? I don't know. Uh, so I think they, they are going to play for their lives. And it's like Dane said, Chelsea has been playing Champions League this week. Will that matter? Will it matter that it's on the academy stadium or will it not? Uh, is City so low? Uh, and so down um, that they can't turn, turn this around or what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a very interesting game in so many ways. Yeah, I think like you said, with if City lose this game, could this be the end of Gareth Taylor? I did see something on Twitter about a rumoured coach, I can't remember who it is, um, that sort of could potentially go to City. But I do think if... I think this could be the end of the line for Gareth Taylor. He just can't, he can't seem to, with the players he's brought in, just doesn't seem to be helping him this season. Obviously, they've still got no Bunny Shaw, but Georgia Stanway is back from her suspension. For Chelsea, Emma said in her press conference today, we've got no Harder and no one. They're both out injured. I'm unsure if Lauren James will play in this game. She played in the academy game last night at Kings Meadow. She didn't play, personally, I didn't think she played that well. She sort of, if she wants to be in the Chelsea team, I think she's going to have to put a bit more, sort of, not sort of effort in, but I think she needs to try a bit harder. So that's why I'm a bit unsure if she'll actually be available for Sunday. I think she's still just slowly working her way in. Dean, do you think Georgia, uh, sorry, not Dean. Dane, do you think Georgia Stanway will be any threat for us if she plays on Sunday? Uh, well, she has a little bit of making up to do. You know, she openly came out, uh, was critical of herself for letting the team down with that, you know, quite ridiculous challenge in, in the Manchester derby. And, you know, she would have sat there in the stands, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago uh, with, with, with other teammates who were injured and, and, and seen that the Chelsea came you know, into town and fairly comfortably, you know, you know got through to, to the... FA Cup final, uh, you know, semi-final defeat is, is is not nice. So she'll have a point to prove. You know, we talk about Lauren Hemp. You know, I'm always full of of Lauren Hemp. You know, I find myself always praising her. I think she can go on to even higher levels. But, you know, Stanway has to step up a game as well because, you know, like Mia said, you know, although there was, you know, you know, a bit of huff and a puff from, from some other players, it was only really Lauren Hemp who was trying to be fair, I thought overall, you know, I see a lot of criticism for Jess Carter, but you're never going to keep Lauren Hemp quiet for 90 minutes in Manchester. Uh, she had a, a fantastic 20 minutes where she looked dangerous. But overall, Jess Carter, you've got to say, won that battle. And she's going to be another one, again, who's going to uh, want to try and, and really put her stamp on this game. You know, she's a freaking amazing player, world-class talent. So I expect both of them to, you know, to have good games, but... Then again, you know, we're talking of a, of a Chelsea defence with, with, with Millie Bright, you know, with Ericsson. If new one plays or not, again, we don't know if it's if it's talk or not. But Jess Carter will have to step up. She won't be playing right wing back. She'll have to come in into the centre of defence. And, you know, they're playing for one of the biggest teams in Europe. They have to perform. If they don't, 
as we've said earlier, you know, we've, we've got 19 players who are more than capable of playing uh, in this first 11. So if you don't perform, then, you know, you will be out. But Emma always will give you a chance. You know, we've seen that with, with all players. And it's up to you to, uh, you know, to stay in this team. Uh, our defence is fantastic. So I expect us, hope that we, uh, you know, we stand up to everything Man City throw at us. And when you've got a, a strikers with, you know, with, with, with the talent of, of Kirby and Kerr, you know, Kerr running at you is is, is scary for any defence. And if they've still got, uh, you know, a patched up defence, then, wow, you know, I, I'd, I'd always put the money on us rather than them. Let's move on to our team predictions. I'll give you sort of mine and Dean's team and then I'll see what both of you think. So, Bergering goal, Bright, Jess... Ericsson, Cuthbert, Ingle, Leopold, Wrighton, England, Kirby and Kurt. Dean had Noen and Harderim, but I've taken them out due to them being injured and just replaced them with Jess and England. I didn't really actually come up with a team because I didn't think I was hosting it. So I've sort of just <laughs> mixed it up. But Dane, would you keep it the same or would you start someone else? Well, I uh, I would I wouldn't have started harder because she's missed a few games now, and uh, a, a Peniel coming off the bench to me would have been very dangerous for Man City. You know, a good if we was in a good position, you know, for sixty minutes, and then you've got to deal with Peniel coming on for the last half an hour. So I didn't have her in, and I was I'm in an hour in between Cuthbert and Fleming. But if Nguyen's now are out, that takes that right wing back decision out of my hands, and it puts Cuthbert. Uh, right wing back with Fleming, Kirby and Kerr up front. I like Ingle and Leopold in midfield. You know, I like how Ingle screens and gives freedom to, to Leopold. And, you know, Mia already mentioned, you know, that finish uh, away at Servette in midweek, you know, took it on her right and smashed it in top corner of her left. It was absolutely beautiful. Uh, right and on the, uh, on the left, I would hmm, maybe Yona. Uh, would I go with you on just to give a little bit of that defensive stability? Uh, but yeah, with with, with Bright, uh, uh, Carter, and Ericsson at the back. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm undecided on left wing back. Uh, mm, yeah, I can't Me, decide between Anderson and Wrighton. Yeah. Would you change anyone else or put anyone else in that we haven't said? No, I think G is definitely going to play because she didn't play. The Champions League game. Good point. Good yeah, point. I think we we had our answer there. Although I would also prefer, like what Dane said uh, at the moment, I would prefer Ingle and Leupold uh, in the middle, um, in the double pivot. But I think we're going to see G there, uh, and I think Ingle is going to play. Um, so. Yeah, it's a tough one, but I, I think I think we're gonna see Reiten and Cuthbert as wingbacks this time around. Uh, I I must say, even though I, I I think that just just Fleming is the perfect solution uh, to have up front with uh, Kerr and Kirby uh, when. Penilla Harder is out because I think she has really proven that that she is she deserves to be there. Um, so I'm quite happy with that. I really hope that they can 
score as many goals as in Switzerland, but mm, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> to be fair, we could be all be wrong, and Emma could play both new and, and harder, and have just said they're injured to throw City off. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll and Mielde could be starting as well. Yeah, so. Mielde could, could start, James could start, who knows what Emma's going to do. Score predictions, Dane, I'll let you go first this week. Yeah, uh, going back to what Mia said about Wrighton and Cuthbert, the only thing I, the only reason which questions me that is last time we played against Man City in certain transitions, we, we in certain parts of the game without the ball, we went into a back four. Uh, Carter was very deep, but yet Wrighton was, was quite far up. So there was not a match. And if you think Cuthbert would be the more attacking at right wing back, that makes me wonder whether she'd play Yona at uh, left wing back just to sort of balance it up. Uh, that's what she, you know, in the previous game, that's what she did. She, Wrighton was the attacking one and Carter just wasn't. She was just doing a job on hemp. So having said that, I think City will get one goal, but we'll get three. Three one. Mia, what about you? I was going to say that and I never <laughs> say, I don't want to say what anyone else is saying. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with two one. Okay. Right. To Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say Dean's prediction as well. So Dean's predicted 2-0. And I'll have to go... I'm going to go 4-0. That's great. <laughs> yes. I'm going to hope for four. Wow, we'll love the optimism. See. Yeah. So we should say as well, this weekend's matches are part of Women's Football Weekend, which is taking place during international break. So hopefully lots of supporters who usually just follow the men's team come along and watch the women's team as well. However, City struggle to find supporters for their men's team, so I won't be holding my breath. But Mia, is this the kind of thing you were speaking about at your recent event? Are things like this the right way forward? Yeah, I mean, you have to... It, it's all about making the women's game into a product. Uh, and and I, I, I will be the first one to say that that's what's, what's happening in England right now. Uh, that is what other leagues and other countries need to, to pick up on. Uh, I know there has been some criticism of the kickoff times but let me just say that when today now this I know this is a Chelsea podcast but I have to you know put in this into relation uh, to what I'm about to explain because I mean I just saw uh, today that um, Manchester United is gonna play at Old Trafford uh, at the end of March next year then it was like, yeah, this is a great kickoff time for me if I'm going to travel from Sweden to watch a game. Uh, and, and I mean, obviously, it, it would be great to have people traveling to England to watch football. So the kickoff times for us that, that is traveling is not bad. Uh, not for, the, for weekend games. So I think uh, about kickoff times, yeah, of course, I, I get the criticism, but the event of the Women's Football Weekend uh, and more events like this, more events with promote, promoting the women's, uh, some of the women's games uh, on the men's stadium, uh, stadiums, that's great. So I think more of this and other countries and leagues like my own, Sweden, if Sweden is listening, 
please do this also. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I do hope that we can get a few more fans at the games this weekend. Dane, I don't know if you saw, but the league has teamed up with a YouTuber that's never actually been to a women's game to go to three matches this weekend. Do you think it's right that they've given the bigger platform over the content creators who actually care about the growing game? No, uh, but I've been around too long to see some things just land luckily in your lap, you know, whether you deserve it or not. And if you take advantage of that chance, and good for you. You know, this is not about him. You know, it's a system that has always happened in everyday work and life. Having said that, that, you know, there are lots of good people who have worked hard, you know, been shouting about the women's game for years. And they've probably banged their head against the wall due to getting no respect or just continuously being ignored. You know, surely it's not too hard to just do your research, you know, and give people a chance to carry on their good work now that the women's game is growing and moving forward. You know, show loyalty. There's plenty of people who've been putting out good content for years. And, you know, to them, it's, it's just, it is a kick in the teeth. As I said, there's nothing against, you know, you have a guy, he, you know, hopefully he, you know, he has got good knowledge of the game and you know he can whoever's going to tune in or, or or whether he's doing you know videos he shows it youtube so hopefully you know he releases good content and he gives something back but yeah you know come on as i've seen as i said you know i've seen it before this happens in, in everyday life working and all that but it is a shame because it wouldn't have been that hard to you know to, to build up to this and give yourself a good couple of weeks just to see Right, you know, give a couple of people a chance, you know, uh, and give, you know, there's so many talented people out there and it's a shame that they're not given a chance. Again, not that he's not talented, I, you know, I don't know a lot about him, but we will find out. But yeah, it, again, it's not that hard just to do some research and, and, and find out, you know, how good these creators have been doing it for for quite a few years. It, it's just a typical, isn't it? The women's game's moving on. Oh yeah, let's see what it's all about. We'll send whoever out there, yeah, but Give, give the chance to people who've been banging on this drum for a lot longer than a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, hopefully as time goes on in the women's game, they actually will sort of pay attention a bit more who's actually like a lot, like focuses more on the women's football and they'll get the opportunity to go to games soon and cover free games like that. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week. We'll be back to review the Man City game and look forward to our two next games with Savet and Birmingham City at home. Don't forget to get early podcast access and exclusive content. Join us on our Patreon as it really helps us to continue making content on this fantastic team. And if you want a community to talk about this team, then jump onto our Discord channel. The links for both are in the description of this episode. Mia, lovely to see you again. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me as as usual. Sorry, Dean couldn't be here, but hopefully Dean will be back <laughs> next week. Dane, it was good to see you too. Yeah, no, it really was good. And, you know, without sounding patronising, obviously we're talking about trying to move the game forward and try and get out and see your local women's team or any women's team. I know it has to be accessible for you and affordable, but... You know, without sounding patronising, you see so much by standing there and watching it. Uh, not to you know, compared to the men's game. But uh, a few years back, Chelsea's men's team had a striker called Hernan Crespo. And if you'd look at stats now, you'd see the appearances he made in goals and you would think he was just average, although he had a great career. He was world 
class. But by me going to all the games, I saw a different side and I saw he is still the best forward regarding movement I've ever seen uh, in the men's game at Stamford Bridge. And you see so many different things by going to games. So, you know, if you can afford an accessible go and, you you, you know, you'll learn so much and see so many different things that you're... Uh, I doesn't see on telly, but obviously, yeah, if you can afford it, you know, it's, it's great that we're, we're all trying to move the game on and, and, and fill out the women's stadiums or at least get more people going. Anyway, I've enjoyed it today. Yeah, shame Dean is here, but it's a pleasure uh, always hearing Mia's, Mia's intakes. And as well, Jane, you've done a, a really good job tonight at last minute. So well done to you. Yes, thank you. So you can follow us on Instagram at Wentzmokingsmetup. Kings Meadow. We're on Twitter at Mo Kings Meadow. I am Jane at Jane Chapel X. D Dane is D Wit Nine, and Mia can be found at Mia underscore Ericsson. Just look for the blue tick. Thanks for listening. <laughs> blue tick verified now. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Until next time, Chelsea fans from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying high. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.